Yo, we are back with another episode of Spring Cleaning. And this time we have a accountant that is going to give us the goodies. The goodies that we need, y'all. Her name is Yolanda. Yolanda, please tell the people a little bit about yourself and just your background. And we're just going to go from there. Hello, everyone. My name is Yolanda Hayslett, and I am the Senior Director of Accounting for the Chattanooga Chamber of Commerce. But I am also a small business owner with my own firm, Hayslett Support Services, and I'm an accountant slash support specialist. And so I do provide accounting, bookkeeping, payroll, tax compliance, all those things (laughs) falls under my umbrella. And so that's what I do after my nine to five. So my nine to five is helping, you know, small businesses within the chamber, but also keeping the chamber's books intact. But then after that, I help other small businesses keep their books intact. So, so you just run in Chattanooga. <laughs> I am. I'm doing it all. Just run in Chattanooga, y'all. <laughs> all right. So my, my first question is, um, you know, you're dealing with all of these small businesses. At what point should they hire an accountant? Like how much money should they be making before you know they should jump the gun to hire an accountant well I would say initially when you're deciding on a business you have a business plan you know what you want to accomplish you know that you will need sound financial management basically I would suggest speaking to someone at that point I mean you could do it as a small business owner they have accounting softwares that can help you QuickBooks is like my favorite that's the one that, that I actually use that was my used. next question that's, <laughs> that's the one that I actually use and I, I refer my clients to that and I would say to get you started on the right road mm-hmm. I would initially you know before you really get into doing a lot of selling and everything if you know you're going to be making, you know, more than I would say $10,000 a year. I would definitely, you know, get an accountant, someone that's going to help you get those books set up. You don't have to keep them on permanently, but at least to get you started, to get you uh, going in the right direction, I would say, you know, seek out an accountant or someone that could help you kind of manage your books, getting everything set up, getting your accounting software, linking all your, your bank accounts or whatever together. I would I would definitely suggest if you're making more than $10,000 a year to potentially hire an accountant. You could do it yourself. I mean, you know, it's, it's obviously it's a discipline that you can self-teach, mm-hmm. but if you could get a good footing going, you know, in the beginning, I would say go ahead and hire an accountant. Okay, okay, that's that's good to know. So what's the difference between an accountant and a CPA? Because I've heard people say, well, they have a CPA or they need a CPA. Like, well, what's the difference? Right. And I, I mean, I can speak to that because I'm actually, I'm just an accountant. I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm starting studying for my, my certification, my certified public accountant certification in January. But basically the difference is, uh, it's the testing. Mm-hmm. It's the testing because I have the experience. I understand the concepts of accounting. I have the knowledge of accounting, basically the yes, background and yes, everything. I yes. have a degree in accounting, you know, so, yes. but I, I, I did not go that one step to, to be certified. But basically it just gives you a level of, how do I want to say, a level of legitimacy. Mm-hmm. I mean, not saying that I'm illegitimate, right, 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 but right. you know, I mean, there's a lot of uh, study and testing involved with becoming a certified public accountant. You have to be well-versed in all disciplines. You're talking about tax, auditing, uh, attestation, which is basically where you're confirming people's books. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot that goes into it. It's just a little bit more detail, and it's and you can also charge more. 
mm-hmm. as far as an accountant. Okay. So typically when you think about an accountant, it, it may be a bookkeeper, someone that's doing your books every month or whatever. And then an account, a CPA, you want to go to them to, to get things confirmed. Typically certified public accountants, they're in a corporate setting. They're auditing your books and things like that. Mm-hmm. They're doing your taxes as well. You can really? go to a CPA for your taxes. Okay. But then I also do taxes too, just as an accountant mm-hmm. is in learning mm-hmm. everything that goes along with running a business but yes. there, there definitely is a distinction there is a price difference for sure yes, yes so yes. keep that in mind yes that's that's some of what i've read that it's kind of like yes the accountants have a degree but this person may uh, become a cpa to get a job at a, a big firm or Correct. something like that right but like an accountant can do all of what a cpa does Right, exactly. It's just you have not gone that extra step to get certified by your state gotcha. to do that to practice. So does do they have to renew those, or how does yes, that happen? Yes, yes, okay. you do renew those. You're you're required to do a certain number of what is it called, like continuing education. Gotcha, gotcha. Like a real estate agent. Right, exactly. Gotcha. Like because I have my certification in human resources, mm-hmm. um, and so I have to. I'm required to do a certain amount of hours, sixty hours. For this three-year period to keep my certification and the same with anyone who's certified they want you to stay on top of it because otherwise you start your skills start failing and gotcha. you know it, gotcha. it is something that's continuous that's ongoing that's even with taxes though because that that changes annually Correct. so yes. um you know like even with crypto now you know right these crypto wallets and losing and gaining money um through crypto that affects our taxes now exactly. too so exactly. i'm pretty sure tax people have to yes stay like if you're enrolled agent with the IRS that's continuing education you have to continue to get certified or continue to to maintain your certification through training Mm -hmm. so yeah definitely from in accounting in tax in pretty much any field that you decide to be certified in you're going to have to continue learning and staying on top of changes in that industry that makes sense that definitely makes sense because things change as time goes on you know and hopefully it progresses and that it does not get worse for the business exactly. <laughs> I guess exactly. that depends on the government. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about just uh, in in the fluctuation of like you said stock prices and crypto mm-hmm. and things. Like I get a I get a ping every Monday on my rate of return for just my retirement account. And I, when I see it every Monday it's just so dismal cuz they're they're looking at it from the year to date. Oh, and so yeah. my rate of return from January, you know, has has been Definitely impacted by what's going on in the world. Yeah. I'll say that. So stay, definitely staying abreast of those kind of things is, is important. It's key, especially for a business owner. That's real. I definitely appreciate you for sharing that knowledge. I have a question. So I, I, I think I know. I don't know. She's the professional. She knows. But I've heard through the grapevine that you can only take so many losses as a small business, like a claim that, you know, one year you took a greater loss than you did a profit. So that you can only, you know, take a loss so many times before the government makes you close your business. Is that true? Wow. I, honestly, I have never heard that. Mm-hmm. I have never heard that you can you can take a loss for so long. I mean, I would say it, it's in your best interest to close that business if you're not making mm-hmm. a profit. Mm-hmm. You know, after three years, if you're not making a profit, then you may need to reconsider, you know, if this was even a good business idea. And, and most people don't consider that. I'm thinking about when you had Beal on here. Um, 
and the TSBDC and what they do and how they help evaluate businesses mm. on whether they're going to be profitable. I mean, you can go in with the assumption knowing that, okay, it's going to take me three years to become profitable. But, I, okay, five years later, you're still showing a loss. Mm-hmm. It, it, it may be time to, to close up shop or change the way you're doing things. That's what I was about to say. So. Mm-hmm. Do accountants give their clients that? Yes. Do they, do they say, hey, this service is doing better. Maybe you need to do this service more or yes. like that's what an accountant does. Yes. Wow. I actually had a client mm-hmm. who was in that exact situation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it was loss after loss every month. And I was like, okay, we're going to have to change something. That's when you do sit down with your accountant and say, okay, well, how can we make the business profitable? What is it that I'm missing? Either you're paying too much for your product that, and not charging enough, mm-hmm. you know, when you're selling it, right. or there's some there's something within the business that's keeping you from being profitable. Maybe your customer base is not there. Right. Maybe I mean there's no real demand for the service that you're offering. Mm-hmm. Those are things that you need to evaluate with your accountant, definitely with your business plan. And so that you know, I'm a big advocate for creating a business plan and showing that there is there is sustainability there there's growth there there's profitability there so if you don't have that you need to evaluate Mm -hmm. and if if that's not you know the business that you should be in then yeah you got to face that reality that you know this is this is not working i've got to do something else i've got to shut it down so got you got you so what about breaking even so when you when they break even the profits and the losses like are matching right what what is that like that they, they didn't make anything they didn't lose anything right exactly i mean at that point that's a hobby yeah. <laughs> i was like because you're in the business to make money you know if you're not making any money if you're just breaking even then you know yeah. what are you doing i think at that point you definitely need to be evaluating as well you may at some point offer a, an additional service mm. or change the way you're doing opening up another location which that you know you have to evaluate that stuff as well but you know if you're breaking even I mean, you're making some money right you, but, you got a good chance right right <laughs> but what can you do to elevate your business to the next level yes, so you can be on the positive yeah. on, in the black yeah. you know so <laughs> yeah that's real oh my gosh this is good stuff I'm, I'm listening and learning and asking questions okay, okay so um what are some of the top deductions that you can think of that a small business has no clue that they can deduct? No clue at all. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's several. There are several. Um, I typically give the example of, I mean, even just a business meeting. Mm-hmm. Like, if we were sitting here, we're, we're talking now, if we ordered coffee or a sandwich or whatever. Mm-hmm. Which we can, I'm, if you right. Can. I'm gonna write that off <laughs> as a business expense. Yeah. If I'm if I'm if I'm coming to you in this podcast as Yolanda Hayslet of Hayslet Support Services, mm-hmm. and we're discussing business, we are. This is it. Right. I'm gonna charge that. So meals and entertainment. That's a business expense that you can write off. Also, most people don't know. Like in your situation, if you had a home office, you didn't have a dedicated space, mm-hmm. you could write off that home office mm-hmm. as a business deduction. Mm-hmm. Now it's gonna be based on the amount space that you're using right. within that home so right. say you're in a 2,000 square foot home mm-hmm. you're occupying 300 square feet for your office space right any expenses that you're incurring like your utilities your mm-hmm. internet your phone any home improvements that you do you you can write that off as part of your home office business deduction at a percentage of use of the 
office space right. as compared to the home. Right. So that's one that I, I mean, just automatically, if you just do the simplified option when you file your tax return, that's a $1,500 write-off automatically from mm-hmm. your taxable income. So. Yeah. That, uh, any kind of trainings, seminars, uh, mm-hmm. when you travel for business, so mm-hmm. say you're going to Florida to visit family, but you know you're going to be talking to some people about potentially starting something there or doing business you there. Write that you can write that that portion off, yes. That definitely. Is cool. There, that there is are so many business deductions, and, and I, can't, I tell business owners that I think uh, for the most part the tax code is written for businesses mm-hmm. for you to be able to write off so many things because a lot of what you do is a part of your business right, right. so you're making contacts you're you know traveling of course you know obviously the the things that you do know advertising mm. so you know printing yeah. things like that line item things yeah but yeah I would definitely say the home office is probably the top one for me I know I, I benefit from that a lot and if you want to be as granular to say well let's do the actual versus this simplified option I mean you could write off you know up to I know for me I have not filed my taxes yet I did do a, a <laughs> an extension mm-hmm. because I do like to make sure that that all right, my deductions are, yeah. are correct and everything but I think I wrote off potentially maybe about $5,000 worth of expenses because I'm thinking about my mortgage interest, my mm-hmm. utilities. I'm taking all that stuff into consideration. Mm-hmm. And so using that to to bring down my taxable income from my business. Got so. you, got you, got you. That's, that's all good stuff. So where can, do you have to go to a tax professional to get, to get this information? No. Or, do, or can you like <laughs> print this off from something? Or? Yes, I mean, honestly, you know, my best friend is Google. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yes, I mean, seriously, I I have, I mean, even as an accountant, I still find myself researching things that I could pass on to other business owners. So definitely I can provide, I know there are at least 25 business deductions that I could reference to you that small business owners could use. And so I will pass on any of my resources that I have because I know that you'll get that information out. But it is. I'll throw it on the site. Yeah, they, definitely. They can grab it. Okay. <laughs> All right. I will, I will provide that. Make sure you ping me and say, hey, what was that? What I was definitely, I, I'm going to try to. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to try. <laughs> I know. That's how I You know, my to. mind is it's the end of the day. It's 637. I ain't ate yet. You right. know. <laughs> I will remember because I say this was such a memorable thing with Marjorie. I will make sure to send you that information to help all of our small businesses. I greatly appreciate that. Then I have one more question, and then you can add whatever you want to add because uh, you're just a genius at all of this. So <laughs> about this is about em- employment. So the difference between general contractors versus employees. Like, what are the pros and the cons to it? Because I know there is pros and cons to both, like, major. Yes, yes. And you, as a business owner, you should know the difference between an independent contractor and an employee. So an independent contractor is someone that, you know, as the term implies, you're contracting their services to do a job. Mm -hmm. Now, when you look at it from a business owner's perspective, so for me, I would be an independent contractor for my clients, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, they don't pay taxes on my behalf. Mm-hmm. They pay me for a job. They don't require me to be here from nine to five to wear their logo shirt. Right. You know, to to use their tools. Right. That's what makes me an independent contractor. I'm using my own resources to do a job for you that then you will then pay me. Right. So as an independent contractor, it's on me to make sure my taxes are remitted. Right, right. As an employee, you have a lot more responsibility 
as an employer when you hire people. So it's like, okay, you're responsible for collecting and remitting taxes on their behalf, Mm. potentially offering benefits, you know, workers' comp insurance to make sure they're covered from accidents Mm. on the job. So there is, there, it it depends on the amount of control you want to have over this Mm -hmm. person. An independent contractor, you really can't control what they do. It's like, okay, I'm contracting you to do this job for me. Hey, I need my books reconciled. I need financial statements produced every month. Mm -hmm. I'll pay you a certain amount to do that. Mm -hmm. Versus let me hire a bookkeeper that's on my payroll. Mm -hmm. So I'm paying them ever so often, Mm bi-weekly, you know, semi-monthly, however. I'm collecting tax and remitting it on their behalf. I'm making sure they're covered for insurance or any other things like that. So it's just the level of control versus responsibility that you deem necessary. And you can't say, well, I'm going to make them an independent contractor just because you want to avoid right. taxes. Right, right. Because people get in that trap and they end up getting in caught trouble. and sued, you know. Yeah. And so you're having to pay back all these back taxes. So it's important to evaluate at the beginning. And it's like, okay, am I hiring you to do a job or am I contracting you to just do this one service for me right. if you're if i'm if you're telling someone what time they need to be there mm-hmm. what they need to wear what their duties are mm-hmm. then you're their employer mm-hmm. you need to classify them as an employee mm-hmm. but if you say hey i'm going to contract you to do this job for me i don't care when you do it as long as it's done mm-hmm. i'm not telling you when to do it i'm not telling you you have to be here at a certain time you have to wear this you have to use these tools mm-hmm. i just want to make sure the job is done and i'll pay you you know, a flat rate or however about an hour, it doesn't matter. But you have no, basically have no control over what that person is doing other than the fact that they're getting that job done, done. for you. Mm-hmm. Got you, got you. Woo, that's a big difference. It, it really is. That's a big difference. And it's, it's crazy because I've seen like, um, I guess kind of the employee feel, because I didn't know that you can't tell them, you know, I know you can't tell them what hours to work or anything like that, but you can tell them when you need the job done. Right, um, yeah. And then I didn't know that you couldn't tell them, like, what to wear or something like that, because I didn't know that. Yes. I if they're know. an independent contractor, you... I mean, like, if they're going to be somewhere on your behalf... Yeah, that's like, okay. that's what I'm thinking. Right. Because like, it's a service-based job. Right. So if I hire somebody for to help me with the gig, like, they can't come up wearing... Um, you know, booty shorts. Right. No, there are stipulations that you could still put on them as part of okay, the contracted services. You're you're being a representative for me. I want to make sure that you are presentable and professional. Right. Right. Yeah. That's all. So that yeah, that's fine. That part is fine. So it's like okay, if I'm going to go meet a client, I'm not going to come in there. You know, with crazy stuff on right gotcha. exactly gotcha. Gotcha. i mean there's a level of professionalism that people expect even if you are an independent contractor gotcha. and that gotcha. is nothing wrong with stating that you gotcha. know and I, I definitely would suggest having having a, a form of an agreement in place like i have yeah. a support services agreement where people know this is what i'm going to do now we can negotiate about different things like okay make sure when you go outside or you go to see a client on my behalf that this is is how you're presented, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That there's t- there's nothing wrong with that at all. Gotcha. But it's like I need you to wear this shirt. Gotcha. I need you to. Use oh yeah, my yeah, tools, yeah. I see you what know. you're saying. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's yeah. just a lot more control when you are an employer, empl- when you have an employer-employee relationship versus independent contractor and business owner. Okay, all right, we in the clear, (laughs) y'all. She was like, we we made it, never would have made it. Somebody played Marvin South, never would have made it. (laughs) (laughs) We in the clear. So 
feel like I show have told some people what to wear before, but they don't clock in for me right, or right. anything like that. that. And it's not consistent. It's literally just big gigs. I hire some extra help. Exactly. Stuff like that. that that is that is the definition of an independent contractor. So they are not an employee. You're right, good, right, Marshall. Right, 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 right. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but it's like I need you here eight to five. I need you to use these tools. Wear my outfit, and then you know. Right, right, right. So Michael, next question is when you do get them. Well, when you do get to this level where you're bringing in enough income, mm-hmm. you have an accountant, uh, you might even have you a little location now, you know what I'm saying, that you're that you're leasing or renting out, and you're thinking, hey, I could use like one or two people right. to, you know, somebody to run this place or, Definitely. you know, somebody to be here consistently with me working on these projects. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you do? Do you get online and Google the information on an employee's rules? Hippo, <laughs> now, I was would, it I would, <laughs> I would, if you're in Tennessee, I would direct you to the Tennessee Department of Labor. Okay, okay. So they have basically guidelines, handbook describing mm. what your responsibilities are as an employer. Gotcha. Like if you're going to hire someone, you have to do this, 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 and this. Mm. And so there are clear cut rules. So I say go to the Tennessee Department of Labor's mm. website and they have an employer section that kind of outlines everything that you should be doing as an employer. Because once you get up to, I believe, once you've employed at least five people, you need to have like workers' comp insurance. Gotcha. So you need to, and you make, make sure you're remitting taxes on their behalf gotcha. so there there are definitely a lot of responsibilities to being an employer and that is one site i think you could go to to get some valuable information got you so by the time you're an employer you definitely need an accountant definitely 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 because you can't do that on exactly your own. Yeah, exactly yeah, yeah that's unless yeah. you're an accountant and you're hiring other people you right, know then true. it's like okay i'm, I'm kind of abreast of what i should be doing right but yeah if you're a business owner and you have explosive growth mm-hmm. you know I'm ready to hire. What do I need to do? Mm-hmm. I would say go to that website for sure. Okay, cool, cool, mm-hmm. cool. Well, that's all the beating up I can take on <laughs> for today. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I totally understand. I mean, it's all a learning process. It is. It really is. And finding those experts that can help get through it. That's yeah. uh, And I always harken back to, like, my, my biggest client right now, you know, getting a team together of people that you can trust because you know you can't do everything just because you have a vision you need people to help you accomplish that vision you know and that means okay you got to have an attorney you got to have a banker Mm -hmm. you got to have an accountant Mm -hmm. you got to have you know Mm -hmm. someone that's dealing in hr so Mm -hmm. there there are a lot of things that you need to be able to encompass as a business owner but when you can't do those things you got to have some dedicated people to help you right to lean on to say hey what's the best option for this should i try this right you know my employee is is you know doing some things i don't think they should be how do you how do you handle that so having resources and other people professionals that you can reach out to to, to to accomplish those goals and get to the next level is key. Gotcha, gotcha. I think you gotta have a, a great network. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. One, one more question, maybe two. <laughs> one more for sure. So, <laughs> so I mean, like I told y'all, this is this is my favorite interview because I asked people, "What did you need to know?" Right. And so they gave me these questions, okay. and then I added in the question towards the end, which was about um, deductions, right. stuff like okay. that. Okay. So I feel like we're really helping the community. With this Definitely, for real, for real. yes. And so, that, if nothing else, that's my love language is acts of service. So hey, okay, yes. okay, okay, okay. Bye too, bye too. Let him wash the car. Ooh wee. Wow. <laughs> to the treasure. Ooh wee. No. <laughs> All right, wow. we getting off topic. Okay, okay. so, um, 
my question was cash out mm -hmm. like accepting payments through cash out these days i've heard is went south yes. so what do you what do you say for businesses that have that as an option i know many are still saying like you can pay on their website or you can cash out them what is the issue with that well either way the government wants their money mm -hmm. <laughs> they want a portion of those you know they want to tax you on that mm -hmm. um, as far as like your potential work around it I mean, you could do, because I'm thinking of, I do QuickBooks, like I said. That's mm -hmm. typically the, the software that I use, and that's how I build clients as well. So I don't use Cash App. I just, you know, I was like, you can put that money directly in my bank account. You don't have to. So you can send payments through QuickBooks? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So they can send payments through QuickBooks. Correct. Yes. Okay. So that's better than because websites now are charging a fee. Does QuickBooks charge? They still. A fee? I mean, they're still going to charge you. I think uh, maybe it's one somewhere between one and three percent. One and three percent. Right. Because they're okay. still going to get their cut as well, mm -hmm. but they're not going to necessarily report that on a 1099k. Like that's the new thing. You know, mm -hmm. with 2022, it's like anything that you're doing through Cash App. It's going to be designated, you know, on a tax form for you to then report to the IRS. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, for me, I like I said, I have it going directly into my bank account and not going through Cash App, which is collecting that. That's what I was about to say. So, Cash App can collect it, but it you're not sending it. You're not using You're not swiping that card. It's right. actually going directly to your bank account. Exactly. So, do you still have to file something different when it's going directly to your bank account? No. Okay. I mean, I just, I mean, the, the company sends me a 1099 for doing the work for them, like if it's over $600. Mm -hmm. But, no, I don't get a separate. 1099k from got you. cash or from quickbooks okay no. for cash i've got you right. got you got you and so oh with quickbooks now my thing is this being a small business owner mm -hmm. this is my own personal question mm -hmm. i use programs that kind of include multiple programs in mm -hmm. one where you can do your invoices right. your contracts electronic signatures so on so forth mm -hmm. um quickbooks to integrate that into something is that even worth it when you can already process payments through another program? I th I mean, if, if you can get it all done in the program that you're using, I say that's fine. How 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 does that relate to it being like? Is it like Cash App? Is it like I mean, how do you collect payments through, through that? Through the website. Well, mm -hmm. the website when they pay via the website, it automatically goes to the business account. Okay. You link a business account to it, yeah. so it goes directly to the business account. Well, then you, you don't. And then it sends you like in, uh, well, you can download or print like a monthly financial of, statement report. Yeah, of yeah. What, it doesn't, of course, report what you spent, but just what they what received and sent to your bank account. I think that's totally fine. I was like, if you have a, a program that does that, I mean, I know QuickBooks is my thing, but I was like, if you can use FreshBooks or uh, what was the other one? I was about to say T-Sheets, but it's, it's not T-Sheets. But if you have a program that can still do all those things in it mm -hmm. and still transmit funds directly to your bank account without having to have, like, that third-party cash app, I say that's totally fine. Okay. Totally fine. Anything that goes directly into your bank account, I mean, you're still going to have to report on, you know, mm -hmm. whatever sales that you receive, but mm -hmm. you're not going to be directly sent a tax form, I believe, from, from that company. Got you, got you, got you. So that percentage that the website or whoever takes mm -hmm. um, 
do you pay taxes on that because you didn't receive it right (laughs) (laughs) that is true yeah you're gonna be paying tax on the full amount now you can that would be considered a a deduction is what i'm thinking right exactly so say you received a hundred dollars but you had to pay three dollars in the fee Mm -hmm. then you just put that as a line item you know credit card processing fee or bank transfer fee or whatever and that's just another deduction to reduce your taxable income gotcha go get y'all an accounting for stuff like this i can't be asking i can't be asking this annually (laughs) right you need to get this set up correctly get this stuff right y'all because i know it's hard but it's even harder working for somebody else yeah that you don't want to work for when when you don't love what you do go ahead and just take this route hire Miss Yolanda or whoever she refers you to. Right. And then get it get it right so that we can take these mom and pop shops to from next, mom and pop right. shops to the next to the level. Next they level. don't have to stay in the neighborhood. Exactly. We can exactly. we can Let's grow. expand. It's all about growth. It's about for me it's about legacy and being able to build something mm-hmm. greater than yourself, being able to impact other people. And you have to do that. You have to come out of your comfort zone and say well okay I've been doing this like I mean I've had people that come to me and say well I've never I've never you know produced financial statements like I had a partnership with uh, one of the local local lending agencies in town and so they wanted to be able to refer their clients who potentially wanted funding to me to get their books in order it's like have you been in business for 10 years and you don't know you're, you know, you don't have a profit and loss statement. You don't know what you made in 2019 or 2020 because you're not keeping track of that stuff. It's important. It's vital. In order for you to go to the next level, yes, you need to be definitely in control of your financials. Financial management matters. It sure. does. It does. All right, y'all. That that was a very, very beneficial uh, episode with Miss Yolanda. So I want to say thank you for coming on and Definitely. sharing this wisdom. It's free. This was free, y'all. Free game, this was free game. It ain't free next time when you call her. <laughs> it's not free. I might have to charge you. Now, some I will say, I, I will forward you an email that I do send to my new clients. Mm-hmm. And it's just an evaluation. It's like, okay, here's a checklist. Have you, have you filed or have you basically, have you gotten your business license have you opened up your business bank account that's like the first thing i tell people like if you're still bringing all your business income into your personal account Mm -hmm. we got to separate that that's the that's the first thing i tell people i was like let's keep everything separate not saying that you can't still get money from the business but you need to be able to track what the business is bringing in versus your own personal you know income and expenses so i'll I'll send you that it's going to be a checklist and it's like okay if you're a business in hamilton county this is what you need to be doing. Gotcha, gotcha. Make sure you've got a business bank account. Make sure you've got an accounting software. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you get it yourself and you just say self-teach yourself, mm-hmm. you know, at least having that, having business insurance. Because the BDC does free accounting um, classes. Classes, yes. See, that's oh, one of the people I was Yeah, gonna you have to do the um, orientation. Yeah. yeah, you do the orientation, then the BDC, right. that's the Business Development Center. Yes. Bill, he was the first person on episode mm-hmm. one. If you go yep. back to the BDC, mm-hmm. uh, they have the Tennessee uh, Small, Small Business, Business Development, Development Center, Center within the BDC. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know Lynn, isn't he the director there yes, or something like that? Uh, you connect with Lynn or just go to their website and you can sign up for yes. free. Free classes. Free. I mean, that they touch on, obviously, accounting, bookkeeping mm-hmm. basics. 
Uh, they have information about uh, attorneys. Mm-hmm. Like if you have questions, questions about contracts or anything. So I'll, this is really free. I mean, this is a service that the government offers through uh, Chattanooga State and the BDC, mm-hmm. the Small Business Development Center. These resources are free to help your business, to yes. help you grow, to make sure you're in compliance as far as taxes, accounting, all those things. Right. Legal. Right. So right. these are these, this is free game, yeah. essentially. Go to... Yes. I can't, uh, I can't remember, but what what we're going to do it. is she's going <laughs> to, when we post this, there will be a link. There's always a link on my website that says uh, business resources. Mm-hmm. And those are all the business resources that I know so that you don't call and text me and ask me questions. Definitely. So There's the business resource page, I will be adding all the information that Miss Yolanda gives me. The BDC and all that stuff is already on the business resource page. Okay. So if you don't know, then you didn't want to know. Because right. you ain't been where you're supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> so the BDC people. is on there, but Miss Yolanda's information will be added when this episode drops. Yes. So again, I want to say thank you, Miss Yolanda. This was such a pleasure. Definitely. Thank you for having me, Marjorie. I definitely enjoyed it. I love imparting knowledge. <laughs> so especially this, yeah, this is my baby. This is my niche. I like helping small businesses. I want you guys to succeed. So. Yes, yes, me too. <laughs> Alrighty, y'all. That's it.